cracking, folks. MMA Suck Alive, episode two. I'm joined here by my boy Dan Rose, MMA, down the I-5, sunny Vancouver today. As I said, I always like to talk the weather. Today, it is sunny, a little brisk, a little warm. I went for an afternoon walk while I had my dad at the hospital and uh, walking down the roads, and it was nice. So what's it like down the I-5 for you, man? It's not as nice, buddy. It's cloudy, overcast, a little bit of rain. Uh, high 30s, low 40s today. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Well, we're good here. We're good here, so that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Today, we're going to talk the upcoming UFC card this weekend, UFC Vegas 18, as well as Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. Knuckle Mania, uh, which I know you're covering. You love that oh, yes. shit. I and, do, dude. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more. We got some cool stuff uh, on the horizons at MMA Sucker, and we've got some cool stuff on the site as we speak. So let's get in to UFC Vegas 18. Uh, the fight card looks as follows. Let's just pull up a window here and let everyone see what we're looking at for the fight card. We've got the main event, obviously, Alistair Overeem, Alexander Volkov, bantamweight co-main event, Corey Sanhagen, Frankie Edgar, which is a killer fight. Yeah. Uh, Alexander Pantoja, Pan, Pantoja against Manel Cap or Manel Cape, however you want to say his name. Cody Stamen against Askar Askar. Now that's a last-minute replacement. Literally, I believe it happened yesterday. So um, very, very last minute. And then we have rounding out the main card. Carlos Diego Fajaya against Benil Dariush, who's one of the most underrated fighters in the lightweight division. Some great fights on the undercard. We'll get to that after, but let's talk the first fight on the main card. Uh, Carlos Fajaya against Benil Dariush. This one, Dan, I'm leaning Dariush. I'm not sure about you, but I feel like he's he. they're both veterans. They've both yep. been inside the octagon a ton, but I feel like Benil trains with the tougher guys. Uh, and he's got the ground game to match his stand-up game. He's shown his grit inside the octagon, and I feel he gets the job done. I don't think he's going to finish the fight, but I feel like he pulls off a unanimous decision in this one. What about you? 100% agreement. I, I agree 100%. I think that uh, Dariush is vastly underrated in the, well, in, in the division in terms of uh, his level of talent and ability. I also think that Ferreira is going to be tough enough to go the distance with him. But uh, I, I lean pretty heavily towards Benio Dariush in that fight as well. Uh, next up on the card, as I said, Cody Stamen, late replacement against him, Askar Askar. Uh, he was originally slated to face uh, who's he Andre Ewell, right? Yeah, Andre Ewell, who we actually had, I believe, an interview with. Michael DeSantis did one up with him. Or no. Josh Ewell did up an interview with Andre Ewell. Uh, Michael DeSantis did up an interview with Cody Stamen. So, interesting fight. Uh, Askar Askar coming into this one as a bit of an unknown to some fans, I'm sure. Uh, it's always interesting when a late replacement comes in because you don't know what they bring to the table. You haven't been training for them. You're just not sure. It's expect the unexpected out of a guy like this. Now, Cody Stamen trains with beasts at Extreme Go Tour. He's got um, a ton of ex-champions. He's got ex-UFC guys. He's got current UFC guys. He's got the head coaches that he needs there. I'm sure you could put anyone in front of him, and he'd have a great fight. 
I can't see him getting stopped in this one. I can't see Askar Askar picking up the finish unless he surprises him in some way. But this is a fight where I see Cody Stamen gritting his way to a unanimous decision, much like I said in the opening bout. I believe another decision is upon us in this one. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Cody Stamen fight? I think that uh, Cody Stamen probably gets the, gets the job done. Um, I'm familiar with Askar Askar only through having seen him in LFA. And I, I believe I saw him fight on Island Fights once. I'm not entirely sure, to be completely honest with you. But uh, he's he's a durable, tough fighter. It's so difficult to take a fight on like a few days' notice, especially against someone like Sam, who's so tough and durable. Um, I, I think that coming off of a loss like he is, he lost to Jimmy Rivera in his last fight. Yeah. I think he's going to be looking to do to impress, and I, I expect that uh, Cody gets the stoppage victory in this. Well picked. Um, well picked. Yeah, I'm expecting probably some ground and pound and maybe a TKO stoppage in that, you know. Early, late, what are your thoughts? Mid-round, I'd say second round. Um, I think the first round will just be one of those things where, like you said, he's experiencing fighting somebody he hasn't been training for. Yeah. So he's going to be a little gun-shy maybe and feeling him out. But I think once he feels comfortable in there and, like, in the second round, he'll press the action, get the takedown, and, and, and finish the fight on the ground. Next up on the card, we've got uh, Alexander Pantoja against Manalcap. This is a, a pretty fun fight as well. Uh, as you can see, both guys very experienced. Uh, 22 and 5 against 15 and 4. Uh, very small guys at 5 foot 5 and 125 pounds each. Basically the same reach advantage. Both guys have power. Both guys have submissions. Uh, it's an interesting fight. I, if I were a betting man, I wouldn't want to bet on this fight because it's just that interesting to me. So again, it's a bit of a flip of a coin. I think if I were, if I were going to pick a TKO or a knockout, I'd go Manel. If I were to pick a submission or a decision, I'd pick Pantoja. So as I said, it's a flip of the coin. I'm not going to give you my pick for this one. What about you, Dan? I, I like I like where you're going where you're coming from when you say that if it's a TKO it's likely Manel that gets the victory, whereas if it's a submission or goes the distance it's more in Pantoja's, you know ballpark. I will make a prediction. I think that uh, Kate or Kit Cop is a very live underdog. Yeah. Um, I think I, I might lean a little bit towards him just because I've seen so much of his training at AK Thailand through Mike Sick and everything, and I've heard so much about him. Um, I've been watching him fight in, in Japan. I I think that his hands are explosive, and I think he's going to have one of those uh, Michael Chandler-esque debuts in the UFC. And I'm, fun to see. I'm going on a limb here. I'm going to say first-round TKO. Wow, big bet, yeah. big bet. You're Absolutely. You can actually lay some money on that? You know me. <laughs> I might. <laughs> Straight better parlay. Yep. <laughs> it's the Parleyville. Well, the next fight on the card, this one is a fun one. The co-main event, Co uh, Corey Sanhagen against Frankie Edgar. As we know, Frankie Edgar, former champ, lightweight division. 13-2 uh, and two against 23-8-1. and one. 
Everyone loves seeing Frankie Edgar inside the cage. We know what he does. He fights. He comes back. He could get knocked out and then still return to his feet. I feel like the referees give this guy the benefit of the doubt every single time he's inside the octagon because they know how durable he is and how well he can come back after he's been rocked. I don't know what's going to happen in this fight. Uh, I don't know. I... Am I feeling Frankie Edgar is past his prime? It's tough to say. He might very well be. But then he turns it on the next time he goes into the cage. And Corey Sanhagen is this up-and-coming guy with such unusual, unorthodox footwork, unorthodox strikes. He comes at you from every angle. I'm leaning Sanhagen in this one. I'm leaning a decision. I don't think he gets the finish. Uh, yeah, I'm leaning decision by Sanhagen. What about you, Dan? It's so tough to count out Frankie Edgar. Um, I, I think that experience-wise and grit, determination, I think Frankie Edgar still, while you're probably correct in saying he's past his prime, the only people that make him, that, that can beat Frankie Edgar are like the legitimate top tier, top of the division, Brian Ortega, Jose Aldo, Max Holloway, you know, stun guns, those guys. And then for me, it's just a matter of do I put uh, Sandhagen in that in that category? And as of yet, I do not. I I don't think he's there yet. So if I had to if I had to put a bet on this fight, I would say that Frankie Edgar wins. I think he probably grinds him out and it goes the distance, and he wins the decision. Interesting. If you're looking at fight odds for this card, I'm going to throw it up here and I'm going to show you exactly what best fight odds says here because very very interesting with how how wide the spread is Corey sandhagen's a minus 410 favorite with frankie edgar a plus 330 underdog what that's yeah so if you want to get in on those odds as a straight bet those are some crazy crazy odds i'm starting to sniff out a parlay that might involve <laughs> Over Reem, Edgar, and Manel. <laughs> not a terrible parlay. Let's talk about that fight. We've got, as you said, coming up, Alistair Overeem against Alexander Volkov. A uh, very fun fight. Any one of these guys, either one of these guys touches the other guy's chin, and it could be nighty night. Uh, 47-18 and one no contest for Overeem. 32 and 8 for Volkov. These two guys are on top of the top when it comes to reaching that next potential. Obviously, Overeem is has been in the game for what seems like absolute eons, and he's had the downhill trajectory and then come right back up and then gone down again and then come right back up. <laughs> Volkov is a guy who actually fights to his size. He's six foot seven. You know, he's not as tall as Stefan Struve, but he he does know how to use his reach advantage. He's very well at doing that. Um, and he's unorthodox. Like I've said about a few different guys on this fight card, we've got some unorthodox fighters on this card. And I feel like if Overeem doesn't get to Volkov early, this is going to be a long night for Alistair Overeem. Will he be able to get the job done? If it's done early, I think very well he could. Uh, we saw him in his last fight 
where he was able to withstand stuff and, and he didn't get uber aggressive, like old school Uberim, And he was able to move and rush around and, and dictate the pace and not get as aggressive as we've seen him and overzealous, I might say, as we saw in the past. I just feel Volkov is, is going to seal this one. And I, I feel he gets the knockout in like middle of round three, round four. Very interesting. When you talk about experience, these are the two guys you're talking about. I mean, they've been everywhere. I still remember vividly Overeem and Pride compete at 205. And uh, he had like the, the craziest guillotine choke in, in the sport there for a while. And then, of course, there was horse meat Overeem who just <laughs> ballooned up to. And now there's this Overeem. I. I look at, I'm a weirdo, how I analyze fights sometimes. I look at, like, opponents, how they did against an opponent. And I look at uh, Volkov's fight versus uh, Greg Hardy. Okay. And that fight went the distance. And then you look at how he fought against uh, the big beast, uh, Derek, uh, help me out Derek here. Lewis, yeah. Yeah, Derek Lewis and how he let Lewis off the hook. And Lewis came back to finish that fight after being dominated. Is Alistair Overeem a better striker than Lewis and Greg Hardy? I say yes. I think that Overeem has the stand-up game with the kicks, the knees, the strikes, and everything else. That even if things don't go well for him early, I think that uh, he can stick around and win this fight late. I'm on the hundred, I'm on 180 degrees from you. I'm going with Alistair Overeem with the late knockout. Wow, I like it. Maybe we should lay some money down between each other. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, that I'd say that does it for the UFC card. But I want to talk uh, the undercard a little bit because obviously I'm still in uh, the last one standing tournament, and there's only two of us. The other guy has three picks. I yeah. have one, and we're only allowed to pick from the preliminary card. That was the that's this week's mandate, huh? Yeah, that's this week. So my pick for the undercard, I'm going through, and I'm looking at it, and even prior to the change in opponent, this guy was supposed to face Julio Ars. He's now facing Martin Day, who's on a zero and three skid. Yeah. I'm taking Timor Valiev for my pick. Pretty good pick. I mean, I like I mean, said, I think I think with the preliminary card, it's either him. I could go with. Uh, I like I Michael like Johnson. Michael Johnson. I feel like Dennis Bondar could do well, but you know, Ode Osborne is is pretty good as well, and that, those are very close lines. I just feel Timur is the is the safe bet. <laughs> when you look at this undercard, he probably is the safest bet. Like yeah. you said, Martin Day's on a three fight skid. Um, he's a replacement fighter. Uh, Timur is a very talented fighter. Yeah. Um, I, I would say that he's probably a pretty overwhelmed on favorite. And yeah, he's, he's, I think he's a minus. Let's look. He, he's a like minus what, 400? 365 right now. So 365. I, I feel like it could only actually go up from there. 
in terms of his odds because people are going to look into Martin Day and realize this guy hasn't won in eons. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't matter about the odds. I, I'm not going to pick an underdog when I only have one pick left. Like, if this guy with three picks picks an underdog and goes to four picks next week and I stick with one, fuck, I'm hooped. But I'm hoping he picks a dog or he picks a guy and, and goes down to two picks or one pick. We've seen a guy go zero and three one week. So if Timur wins and he doesn't pick Timur, which he'd be stupid not to. I, I was think. shocked if he didn't. Yeah. No, exactly. So that's my pick. I think it's the safe bet. And I think that I'll be walking away with still one pick. Hopefully he might drop down to two or one. We'll see. It could happen. It's, anything's possible. Exactly. All right. Moving away from this fight card. Uh, let's look at your wheelhouse. Uh, we've got your bare knuckle FC knuckle mania preview over at MMA Saka that dropped earlier. And, and uh, it's a full preview. This is their most stacked card to date. The main event features the debut of Paige Van Zant. We're going to talk about that fight. We'll talk about Johnny Bedford versus Dat Nguyen. Uh, let's just dive into that one first, I guess. We obviously have, you know, the likes of Chris Lieben on the card, Chris Jensen, Lorenzo Hunt. Uh, it's a deep card, and Dan gives you all his predictions and, and stuff here over at MMASucker.com, but I think we're only going to talk the co-main and main event, and maybe I'll ask you what your favorite fight on the card is, but as you can see, your prediction here, I'm not going to show it there too long, but uh, Johnny Bedford versus Dat Nguyen. Two guys throwing down, bare knuckles uh, in the co-main event. Talk me through it, Dan. I'll tell you what, Johnny Bedford has recreated himself in the bare knuckle arena. Uh, he's 5-0 five, five oh, uh, under the bare knuckle FC umbrella. Has looked absolutely dominant. Uh, and that said, Dat is a former professional boxer, really good footwork, really good head work, good uh, fast hands. I think that in this particular fight, you're going to see Dat win do well early, and you're going to see Johnny Bedford do well in the middle to late rounds. Um, I think Johnny Bedford probably gets the victory uh, via stoppage late. I think he's the much more durable fighter, uh, capable of eating the heavier shots than Dat Win is. But this fight is uh, just dynamite. It, it's going to be a great fight for people who love bare knuckle. This is one you're going to want to see. It's going to be a great fight. It's been cool to see Johnny Bedford grow and and really move up the ladders in bare knuckle because we saw him on the Ultimate Fighter. You knew he was a tough guy. He just he wasn't a UFC fighter and exactly. it, it, there's nothing against him. Nothing against the guy at all saying that he's not a UFC fighter. He wasn't UFC caliber. He was a street fighter. He was a brawler. You knew that he had it tough growing up. You knew that he got into fights in school. You knew that he could use his bare fists and this is a perfect home for him. And I'm glad to see him grow as a fighter in bare knuckle. It's super cool to see. I completely agree. And that's the one, maybe the one aspect you know how I am about bare knuckle. I love it. I prefer bare knuckle yeah. fighting to UFC or anything else. And there's a couple reasons. And the first reason is, like you said, it gives people an opportunity outside of mixed martial arts that maybe they're not, they don't have the ground game. Maybe they're just not the athlete that, you know, you need to be 
to get a mixed martial arts. But if you're a tough guy with two fists and big balls and a big heart, you can you can make a name for yourself in bare knuckle, and you can make a hell of a living there. You know what I'm saying? You definitely. Can. And the other aspect of the sport that I absolutely love is the feeling of impending doom every moment of every card. <laughs> You're one punch away from holy shit constantly, and I love that. And I, I Johnny Bedford is the poster child for recreating yourself in, in this avenue. And his last fight against uh, Charles Crazy Horse Bennett or Felony Bennett, whatever you're referring to him these <laughs> days, was a, a great fight. And he's a, he's just a good fighter and a good guy. And I'm excited to watch him compete for the Bantamweight title. All right, the main event. It's the debut. Everyone wants to see it. Paige Van Zandt. Who actually I saw today posted on her Instagram that she created basically her only, her real, her own only fans, <laughs> and she'll be facing Britain Hart. Uh, it should be a slugfest. I'm, to be honest, I I was semi surprised that Paige signed with Bare Knuckle. I knew that they obviously made her the deal that that got her the most money. I thought she would have gone to an organization where they wore gloves because she's so worried about her looks, even though every fight she's gotten in inside the octagon or outside the octagon has led to a bloody face and uh, her having stitches and whatnot. But I am excited because she is a durable fighter. Um, she can take a ton of damage and give Lickens right back. So I'm super interested to see what she pulls off in this fight. And I know Britton Hart is super tough as well, but I feel like Paige Van Zandt just has has the expertise to be able to to win this fight. I I, I didn't actually read your prediction. I, I'm interested to hear what you have to say because I didn't want to read the prediction. I wanted to hear what you have to say. I'm excited about this fight, um, and I I think that the interesting aspect to me is that the the perception out there is that Paige Van Zandt is really worried about protecting her looks and everything. And I've never seen her fight that way. And I'm expected, I'm, I'm excited, I should say, to see the changes and advancement she's made down at American Top Team. Uh, she's training down there with, uh, you know, absolute Tiago Elves, who also fights for Bare Knuckle now. Yeah. Um, I, I, like you, when she left the UFC, expected her maybe to follow her husband to Bellator. Or something along those lines. But when she signed with Bare Knuckle, I was thrilled by it. I think she's going to surprise a lot of people with how gritty and tough she is. Um, I think she has outstanding uh, dedication to the sport, and I think that she's going to she's going to surprise some people with her performance. Now, Britton Hart is a former professional boxer, a bare knuckle fighter, has a lot of experience and a lot of ability. And I don't think that she's going to get her out of there necessarily. But I think she's going to win a pretty one-sided decision. And I think the longer the fight goes for rounds, the more it's going to be advantageous for Paige Van Zandt. Yeah, I'm interested to watch it for sure. I think we've got a pretty cool combat sports weekend upon us. I saw someone posted in our group chat about a pretty cool event that's going to be on flow grappling as well. A BJJ like grapple superstars or grapple quest or forget what it was. But yeah. I saw that too. 
a grappling event on flow flow grappling so we've got one on friday morning in a pre-taped event which should be good stamp fairtex makes her return we've got ufc on saturday we've got bare knuckle as well and we've got friday night yeah yeah friday night we've got some great articles up on mmasucka.com right now that i want to just share with you guys and, and show you guys some cool stuff that's up on the site uh, we've got previews for all the main card fights from the UFC on Saturday. They're dropping each day this week. So you can look for those. A bunch of uh, guys have signed up to write those. We've got a really cool article by a new writer of ours who actually just came aboard the site yesterday. Christopher Hollis posted an article this morning or, or yesterday afternoon about five unexpected products owned by UFC fighters. Now, this one's doing really well out there and Google picked it up and it's, you know, talking about Dustin Poirier's hot sauce, Conor McGregor's August McGregor, which I had never even actually heard of, mm-hmm. uh, Brendan Schaub, Pure Spectrum CBD and, and so on. So there's five of them, which is really cool. And uh, that article is is a pretty cool read, but we've also got, you know, guys like Brian Knight writing about how Alistair Overeem will never win a UFC gold, win UFC gold. What are your thoughts on that one, Dan? Because I completely I, agree with you. I enjoyed the article. I edited it this morning. Um, I think that what he's saying, if you don't take the time to read the article, I think you can kind of look at it as maybe he's saying Alistair Overeem isn't worthy of a championship, which is not what it's saying. You know, it's saying that based on the, the top of the division, and John Jones being added to the mix, and uh, Stipe Miocic already having a title fight. The window of opportunity for Alistair Overeem is closing faster than he can reach that level, is what the article is about. And I thought it was well-written. It was an interesting read, and I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Something else up on the site, it's a a series that was around maybe four or five years ago, Suraj Sukumar. Debuted on the site. He's now within the site in this article in a podcast format, extra long. It was like 30 minutes. But uh, talking about UFC Prospect Watch, I brought the article back. I talked about the top 10 prospects for the month of February. Uh, Going through them, obviously, you can see from the featured picture, uh, the image there, Miranda Maverick is our number one prospect for February 2021. Uh, have a read of the article. It's pretty good. Check out the uh, video within the article as well. And uh, you'll hear a deeper dive into the top 10, which has changed a little bit due to uh, some fighters having to pull out, uh, changes of opponents and whatnot. That's going to be the case for any list in terms of a full month of prospects or a full month of fights or whatnot, because obviously changes happen with COVID-related stuff. Uh, changes will happen to everything we see in the world today. Mm. And, uh, as with this podcast, we're going to see changes week in week out. Uh, we are good one, Dan. Uh, anything else you have to say to the viewership, uh, before just we let them go real quick, going back to the article that you were just talking about the uh, prospects. I thoroughly enjoyed that article more after I watched the video and it gave me the idea that that is, that is something that we could do that I think is interesting that in terms of adding video content to our to articles and stuff to tie in, you know, evidence as to why it is that we're saying what we're saying. And I think that that article does a great job of it. And I would encourage all of our readers to check it out and watch the video with it. And uh, 
other than that, I'm just psyched, man. It's bare knuckle mania. I'm ready to go. Bare knuckle fight week, UFC fight week. This was MMA Sucker Live episode number two. You can check us out on Twitter at MMA Sucker, on Instagram at MMA underscore Sucker. You can check out myself at Jeremy Brand 604 on Twitter at Jeremy underscore 604 on Instagram. Dan, what about you? Dan Rose MMA on Twitter and Dan Rose MMA on Instagram. And uh, you can find me under my name on Facebook. Check out MMASucker.com. Also, make sure you like, subscribe, follow, whatever you want. We're found on every podcast app in the entire world. So just check us out. Give us a five-star review. Hell, give us a one-star review. Every review helps. Enjoy. We'll see you next week, folks. Peace out.